Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. This weekend I wanted to do two things with you, just a short time together that we have. First, I wanted to take a look at some of the vantage points of Christmas. Four vantage points that we have, four different angles from four different characters uh, whom we love and know about and sing about and everything. And then I wanted to share some exciting things that are coming up at Rockbrook in the coming months and where we're headed. So the first thing that I wanted to ask this, this weekend before we head into the Christmas week is... Why did God choose the people that he chose to be a part of the first Christmas accounts? Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, what made them so special? Because, hello, they were not special. They were just ordinary, normal people, but obviously God chose to use them and to bless them. Why did he do that? That's what I want to look at today. Who God chooses and uses. Because if you look at what they did, it's the very same things that we can do this Christmas to have God's blessing on you. They were blessed because they got blessable. And Joseph cooperated, the shepherds celebrated, Mary contemplated, the wise men committed. So let's start with Joseph. Joseph is the most overlooked character in the accounts of Christmas. He's just a normal guy in a small village. He's poor, he's average, but he's engaged to Mary. He's engaged or betrothed, which was quite binding at that time in that culture. You, could, you just hadn't consummated the marriage yet. But you couldn't just say, oh, okay, well, we won't get married. If you decide not to get married, you'd have to go through a process like a divorce. And so Joseph is engaged to, mar- to be married to Mary. And one day Mary comes with the news that the angel is vi- of the Lord has visited her. She's pregnant without having any relations with the man. Of course, Joseph does not believe this. But he's a good man, he's a righteous man, and he doesn't want to embarrass Mary. He loved Mary, so he decides he's just going to quietly break off this betrothment and uh, not turn this into a scandal. And what's going to happen here is Joseph receives a test from God, a test from God in Matthew 1, 19. Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, because Joseph is in the lineage, the line of King David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Now this takes great faith. What is Joseph doing here? He's trusting that God has a bigger and better plan than what he's contrived on his own. So here's the thing we learned from Joseph if you want to write this down. Like Joseph, we cooperate with God's plan for our life. Cooperate with God's plan for your life. If you want to be blessed like Joseph, even when it doesn't make sense, You cooperate with God's plan for your life right now. Are you following God's plan or your own plan? Are you following God or just what makes sense to you? 
Uh, Greg Kokel is uh, a writer, author, uh, radio host, uh, apologetics um, person that I really like to listen to. And uh, on his show this week, uh, someone had uh, phoned in, got him a question about the Christmas accounts and says, said, this doesn't make sense to me. Can you explain this in a way that makes sense to me? And Greg says, so the criteria is that it has to make sense to you? I don't know that I can do that, he says. I don't think I can explain this in a way. I wouldn't know how to begin to do this in a way that makes sense to you. That's not how you want to answer the questions of life. And he just started talking about what you want to find out is what the truth is. And then submit to the truth, come under the truth. If you live life, if the criteria is it all has to make sense to you, then are you following God or are you following your own thinking, your own vision, just what you can see and what you can understand? Are you following God's purpose for your life? Or are you following your own pride, your own understanding? When the angel said, here's what I want you to do, Joseph did it, even though it's the most outrageous thing he'd ever heard. Now, God has desires for your life, things that he wants you to give into, things he wants you to give up, he wants you to cooperate with his plan. Will you fight for your own pride, fight for your own plan, or will you give in to God? The reality is we don't like people telling us what to do, but we need to follow his word. The, the leaders that he's put into our life that are guiding us to godly things, to direct us, to guide us. Okay, what about this second group? The shepherds. So Joseph cooperated. What did they do? Now the shepherds are the bottom of the social structure in that day. They're really the bottom rung. They're hanging around sheep all day. They're stinky. They're smelly. They're sweaty. They have dirty jobs. They were incredibly unpopular. But God wanted them to be drafted into the Christmas story. God is clear that every person, for all people, every spectrum. I mean, these guys are out in the field at night, sleeping in a field. They have their sheep outside. They're out in the field. All of a sudden, the veil is pulled back between the physical world and the spiritual world. And the sky lights up and they see the angel of the Lord who gives a big announcement. And then the sky is filled with angels singing glory to God in the highest. It's quite a display. And the angel of the Lord says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy not to just a certain group, not just a certain type of people, but to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So what did they do? I love this. They talked about that and thought maybe next week when we could get off work, we'll go check that out. No, the shepherds hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now, while Joseph cooperated, the angels celebrated, the shepherds celebrated, and they're singing, they're praising, they're thanking God. I just love that when you read the accounts of Christmas, everyone is breaking out in song. There is music everywhere. There is celebration everywhere, that we get to be in on God's grace to people, that we get to be in on what the whole world has been waiting for. This is why Christmas is a festival. It's not a funeral. It's a party. It's a celebration. It's a merry time. 
Because the gospel is the best news ever. And if you want to be blessed, here's the point. Number two, like the shepherds, we celebrate that God is here with us. Friend, you need to celebrate that not only on Christmas, but every day of your life. That God is here with us. When you get up in the morning, God is here with me. We don't always feel God's presence. But the reality is God's presence is always with us. And when you celebrate it, when you recognize it, that's when you begin to feel it. And that's when fear leaves. That's when pride leaves. That's when peace comes. That's when hope comes. That's when the blessings of God's presence come is when you celebrate them, you begin to feel them, and you begin to recognize them in your life. So we celebrate that God is here with us. There's a third person in the Christmas story, a vantage point, and that is Mary. She's Obviously, everyone knows about Mary, but the truth is Mary had to be scared to death. I mean, this is her first child. She's no mother, aunt, or midwife, or someone with her. She's delivering this baby in a stable, a bunch of animals around. I don't know what your labor story is, but this is a fantastic one. To have to travel and go through all of this. I remember with our oldest, we were scheduled to induce We woke up one morning, stopped at Chick-fil-A on the way there, you know, go in. It's taking a while. It took so long for things to get going. I left and got a haircut, returned some Christmas presents, came back, and it was just taking a long time. There was just nothing eventful about it. I remember like, what's the big deal here, you know? And, And it's taking so long for Landry to get moving and things to get going. Happened right after Christmas. Lauren, for Christmas had given me coupons for like a massage from her, but she made them up and they said, 10 minute massage, redeemable at any time. 20 minute massage, redeemable at any time. We're just sitting around there waiting for things to happen, so I pulled out one of the coupons and said, would this be a good time? And That was not a good time. Timing is everything. And thankfully she has a sense of humor and laughed at that with me, but I just put myself and Joseph and Mary's situation and just think of man the trauma that they're going through the event that they're going through and she Mary's got to be scared to death but the Bible tells us in Luke 2 17 through 19 that she had kept these things everything that she'd heard in her heart everything that was being told to her before by Joseph and by an angel and then the shepherds come and they're sharing and Luke 2 17 it says when they had seen him, so when the shepherds see Jesus, they told what the angels had said about this child. Everyone was amazed at what the shepherds said to them, but Mary treasured these things and continued to think about them. I want you to notice all the communication words happening here, that this is what they knew and they said, and this is what they said to them, and then this is what was being communicated, and the word of the Lord going out and being shared and being communicated, and what does Mary do? She pays attention to it. Do I pay attention? Do you pay attention to God's word? She listened. She remembered. Another word for she's thinking about them is that she's pondering them. She's meditating on them, going over and over in her mind. Mary hid these things, hid the word of the Lord, treasured it in her heart. Joseph had to cooperate. Mary had to contemplate. She had to think about what God was saying to her. 
She had to remember of the word of the Lord to get through this. And if you want to be blessed, you've got to cooperate like Joseph, celebrate like the shepherds. And we, if you want to be like Mary, we've got to contemplate continually on God's word. It says she treasured all these things in her heart. And she went on to quietly ponder them. What would happen if you started doing that this Christmas? Let me show you a verse here on the screen. This is from Jesus' brother, James. It says, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, watch this now, then God will bless you for doing it. That's a promise from God. That if you look carefully, don't forget what you heard, but that's not it. It's not, you don't get blessed just if you underline it, just if you know it, just if you memorize, but then do what you heard. God will bless you for doing it. If you want to be blessed like Joseph, cooperate with God's plan. If you want to be blessed like the shepherds, celebrate the good news of forgiveness, of grace, what he's doing, God's grace to you. If you want to be blessed like Mary, you do what God's word says. You cooperate to a point that you don't forget what you heard and you do it. There's one more group, though, and that is the wise men. We talked about these guys a couple of weeks ago, so we don't need to go into too much detail, but I don't know if you remember from any of our uh, sermons on Daniel in the past, or maybe you've studied this in your small group, but Daniel himself was studying to be one of these wise, a, a magi, and he studied to be royal court advisor, uh, someone who, these were the most educated people in the world. They were the scientists of the day, astronomers, they studied the stars, they studied literature, other languages, other cultures, they were scholars, they were wealthy. And so in studying what God had put in the sky, and the wise men knowing the prophecies in the scripture, they're aligning these things, realizing what's happening, and they take, begin to create a caravan from wherever they were to Bethlehem. It would cost a lot of money, a lot of time, for this intellectual pursuit that they're on. These wise men are seekers. God promises if you're a seeker, that's a good thing. And the Bible says this about the wise men. You'll remember this from a couple weeks ago in Matthew 2, 11. The wise men entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh and we talked about the significance and the symbolism of each one of these gifts but can you imagine this this sight of seeing these great scholars men of wealth and wisdom bowing down in front of this child now coming to Jesus cost them a lot but when they saw him they worshiped him what do we learn about this about who God chooses who God uses and that is, if you want to be blessed like the wise men, I must commit my time and my gifts to Christ. And the reality is the wise men came from God in the first place. God created them. God created you. And you would have nothing. You'd have no life, no wisdom, no wealth, nothing without God himself. And so we offer him our time, our gifts. And what does God do? When we do that, he multiplies it. He blesses it. So which of these four things do you need to act on? Do you want to be blessed? You get blessable. Maybe one of these four fits you. 
And I want you to be blessed. I want you to grow in your faith and be more full of purpose, more full of hope because of Rockbrook Church. So I just wanted to take a moment this weekend and show you how we're going to do uh, these things. And not just talk about them in the accounts of Christmas, but to do them. Not just notice them and say, well, that's remarkable, but how we're going to do them. So I just wanted to show you what's coming up at Rockbrook. You can follow along in your outline if you wish. But first, we're starting with generosity and, and giving and giving to the celebration offering. This year-end offering is open until the end of the year to support our ministry partners uh, to fund a medical care adoption grant and to further the mission of Rockbrook Church. Now, we don't have a goal amount for this offering, but we do have a participation goal. And our hope is that 100% of our church would sacrifice something for this offering. We want to be generous with the missionaries, mission organizations, a seminary, a school, that we partner with and support. We also want to be generous with a medical care adoption grant through an organization called Show Hope. Uh, I just wanted to share uh, the type of thing that this would go to. This is a, uh, a past adoption grant, a medical care uh, grant that they helped with that I thought I would just share with you today. Tammy and James Palmer adopted Hannah from China at the end of 2019. Like many, their source of income was slashed during the pandemic, and Hannah faced uphill medical battles. Hannah, who was nearly eight years old the day the Palmers welcomed her home, could hardly walk. She was born with Larson syndrome, a disorder that affects the development of the bones. But Hannah was determined to walk. At the time, Show Hope had yet to launch medical care grants. So through the massive financial support of people in their church, the Palmers traveled with Hannah to Florida to undergo extensive surgery, essentially rearranging her legs. Fast forward to Christmas time of 2021, Tammy and Hannah were at the grocery store when Tammy noticed Hannah's knee was starting to turn inward. I panicked, Tammy said, and my husband reminded me of this great big God that we serve and that panic is not going to be part of our venue. After doctor visits and x-rays near their home in Ohio, it was determined that Hannah should return to Florida to be seen by the specialist who originally operated on her legs. That's when Tammy and James applied for and were awarded a Show Hope medical grant. Once in Florida, Hannah underwent three more surgeries to repair her legs. The medical care grant covered the cost of surgery, physical therapy, checkups, and will cover an additional surgery to remove some hardware. Today, not only can Hannah walk, she runs, she rides a bike, she swims, and she roller skates. Amen. So that's the type of thing that we will, yeah, praise God for that. That's amazing. I didn't join in because that was kind of an embarrassing clap to be a part of. Uh, wasn't really wholehearted there, but um, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that we want to celebrate and be a part of. And uh, the kind of thing Rockbrook would love to be a part of uh, in the coming days. And Show Hope is eager uh, and willing and ready, has people that have applied that they've been having to turn down uh, that we would love to bless. And then third thing, that's going to uh, go to increasing our mission. Uh, we can only move at the pace of your giving. There are no outside organizations funding Rockbrook. We don't do debt. So we're relying on your giving. I believe it's good soil. We have stuff that we want to do or desiring to do to reach our neighbors, to reach our 
community. So that's a celebration offering, but then let me just walk through some weekends uh, with you and show you what's coming up at Rockbrook. Next weekend is our hometown Christmas at Rockbrook. The worship team, the production team, Rockbrook for Kids have a really cool experience planned. I hope you'll celebrate Christmas with us. I'm giving a message on cutting through the noise. The world is getting louder and louder and louder. It's literally getting louder. It's figuratively getting louder, and I want to show you how to cut through the noise, what God's Word says to get to the heart of the matter and how to focus on the right things. Listen to the announcements today. We'll show you how to take part of that service. Then the next weekend is uh, December 31st, January 1st. It's New Year's. We wonder, do we need to change our service times or do something different that weekend? We've decided to encourage you to start your year with God, dedicated to Him, committed to Him, and here now to make the most of your new year. We're going to talk about how to look forward to a new year. I'm going to explain some of what's coming up uh, in, in, in more detail that weekend. So don't miss church that weekend. Fit that into your plans. If you absolutely can't make it, please take part of the online service or uh, check out the podcast or listen on the app and in fact, could we just pause and thank our production people who put on cameras and audio and archive this stuff and put it online and stream it and everything else and get the word out. Thank you so much. Uh, then the following weekend, we're going to start a series church-wide. We're going to do this in Rockbrook for Kids and for, uh, and for everybody in here as well series and Rockbrook for Kids will have their own version of this and everything but calling it all access the story of you and God it's going to be a four-week sermon series on the tabernacle God's plan for salvation and knowing God in a fresh way you might say that what in the world is the tabernacle what is this thing on I'm excited to explain it to you let me just give you a contrast here the Bible, in two chapters in Genesis, explains how God created the world and the universe. But in 50 chapters in the Bible, it talks about a tent in the desert, a tent known as the tabernacle. Because there is significance about every piece of what God wanted in the tabernacle and what he was doing in the wilderness there. Why does it require 50 chapters for God to explain it? That's what we're going to go in depth in in this series. It's going to be a different kind of series than, than we've uh, done at Rockbrook. I think you'll really enjoy it. And in conjunction with that, we'll have our 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning January 8th. We'll have plenty of resources for you uh, to make the most of those days. But what I'd love for you to put on your calendar is we're going to start each week of the 21 days uh, with nights of worship and prayer and scripture, communion and healing and, and just lean into what God has for us at the beginning of each week. Then, February 4th and 5th, we're going to introduce our next spiritual growth campaign at Rockbrook called Daring Faith, The Key to Miracles. And it's going to be a two-month spotlight on what God's Word has to say about faith. Because, friend, everything God does in your life, wants to do in your life, he is so clear it comes through faith. So we're going to align our church from kids, teens to adults. Daring Faith is going to radically align our weekend services, our small groups, our daily moments with God to get clarity and purpose around faith, around daring faith. We've already got this all worked out, planned out. In fact, I've already filmed 
uh, the small group content uh, for this and uh, have it already in the can, ready to go. In fact, we wanted to show you a preview of it today. Let's watch this. Would you agree with me that there's always more than one way of looking at something? You don't always see things the same way your parents do, or that your kids do, or that your spouse does. Well, uh, God has a way of looking at things as well. And everything God does in your life has to do with how you choose to look at life. Because everything God does is because of his mercy, by grace, through faith. So what is faith? Faith isn't a feeling. It's not when you psych yourself up for something. Faith is a way of seeing. Faith is a way of looking at the world from God's point of view. It's having God's perspective. God says, the more you dare to see life from his perspective, the more he can do in your life. So join us to see life in a new way, to see it with daring faith. So here's my hope today. My hope with all of that information that I'm giving you is not to overwhelm you, but to inspire you, to show you that we're headed somewhere as a church family. We're going somewhere, this is thought out, and to encourage you to, over the next few months, to lean in, to... We've stacked the dominoes. I challenge you to participate as much as you can. Be here for the church services. End 2022 strong. Begin 2023 strong. Get blessable. Watch what God wants to do in your life. Which of these four things, by the way, I need to answer the number one question I'm getting about this. Anyone I've showed that video to, the first question they ask is, is that your house or someone else's house or where is that? That's my friend Joe's house. It's not my house. And so I thought I would just answer. No one has said, oh, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, interesting. That's just the first. If it were my house, it would, there'd be Cheetos all over the couch or something. But which of these four things do you need to act on? You want to be blessed? Friend, it's not rocket surgery. You get blessable. That's what you do. You get in a position where God pours it out on you, blesses you. You cooperate with God's plan for your life. You stop fighting it. Maybe you need to start celebrating God's plan of salvation and forgiveness and life and accept it. Maybe you need to start contemplating uh, the Word of God instead of ignoring it. You need to start committing what God has given you to Him. I want to close with this verse in Romans 6.13. Would you read this out loud with me? Give yourselves completely to God, every part of you, for you are back from death and you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. You know what I've learned is every day uh, I'm a tool. <laughs> every day I'm a tool. I'm an instrument, okay? Every day you are an instrument. You are an instrument in the hands of good, the hands of evil, positive for negative. You are an instrument of criticism or encouragement. You are an instrument of help or hurt. You're an instrument, and if you, if you are, you're going to be no matter what. What I encourage you to do is give yourself completely to God to be used for his good purposes, to be an instrument in the hands of God. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, 
Uh, we just take a moment with you right now to say thank you. God, I thank you so much for the kids that we've had today. and uh, Their singing and just the life that they bring to our church. And uh, God, we know you love them so much. And uh, thank you for uh, the leaders and the parents in this room. And uh, I pray that you would just give them fortitude and energy and blessing and perspective and clarity and wisdom. God, may we love and lead uh, the next generation well. And God, we know that uh, you are doing something and long to do something great in our life here at the end of this year, the beginning of a new year. And so, Lord, we want to start cooperating with your plan. Instead of making all our own plans, we want to cooperate with you. Lord, we want to start celebrating your forgiveness, your gift your salvation. God, help us to live more with gratitude and less with crankiness. Lord, help us to live more with thankfulness and less with worry. God, we want to give you our attention to be people of your word. Lord, we want to seek you, to find you, and to give you the best we have, Lord. It's all yours anyway, so we gladly open up our hand and we thank you that you receive us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.